guys. Welcome back to the Triple Mando Podcast. I'm your host, Aiden, and I'm joined today by Cohen and Maggie. What's up? Hey. So, today I want to go over a few different topics, but I want the first one being the All-Star event that's happening this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm assuming both of you guys have heard the format. Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah, and what do we think about that so far, from what we've heard? Um... Um, I think I kind of like it, but, uh, it's just, like, um, that, uh, they do the doubles, and then they do worst shot doubles, um, well, I'll say the layout first, um, they do, the first day, they do the safari hole layout on Fountain Hills, they do nine holes, uh, best shot doubles with the, the seeds, and they go one and eight, and then, uh, two and seven and all that stuff, and then they do best shot doubles um, on the first loop of nine, and then worst shot doubles on the second loop of nine, and then the second day they do um just singles, and then they use their finishing double scores, their starting score. So I think it will be fun to see how it plays out, but I don't really. The only thing I have a problem with is that. Uh, they have worst shot doubles, and I just don't think that'll be really fun to watch. Yeah, I uh, I know I heard from most people, uh, like Paul McBeth and a couple other people. I heard that some people they really don't like the uh, format that they're doing this year, and like what Cohen said, like the worst shot doubles. I feel like it's gonna be fun, but I feel like every shot that they take is going to be similar from their partner. So, like, if, let's say, Paul McBeth and Garrett Gerthy, they both throw good shots, then, like, it might as well just be best shot doubles, you know? Yep. I mean, very weird format this year. I mean, yes, but at the same time, like, I mean, in 18 holes, somebody at some point is bound to throw a shank. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Some, no like, doubt. Like, somebody's throwing a bad shot at some point. And, like, I just don't think that, like, if you are playing, like, this is disc golf's all-star game, essentially. And, like, I don't think that people, like, want to watch an all-star game and see good players not play good. Like, people want to see highlights, not, like, lowlights. So, I don't understand why they're doing yeah, cause, I mean, worse shot on the back nine. Yeah. This doubles format is already, like, just strange because, like, nobody really wanted to see doubles. Like, people want to see match play and, and like, some, close, like, very uh, good close skins. Matches. And, like, skins, they don't even have skills competitions type skills stuff. Skills competitions. Like, they don't have, like, poting competitions, distance competitions. Like, come on. It's the all-star event. I feel like if it was um, similar to, like, the football All-Star, like, they have, like, mm-hmm. precision That's... stuff and, like, like agility and stuff like that, then I feel like that'd be very entertaining for people to watch. Yeah, that's well, what I was thinking, like, kind of like those events. I mean, and I don't think you need, like, as many as, like, the NFL or the NHL does, but, like, I mean, everybody wants to see a long drive competition, especially when you got Paul, Eagle, Kevin, and Calvin all on, like, all playing. And not to, and not Garrett. to... Oh, and Garrett. Garrett, sorry, yeah. And I would say not to discredit any other people that are playing. Like, you guys all yeah. throw far, but, like, I mean... Kevin, like, we want to see Paul, who... We want to see the true person is that can throw far, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the only person who is not... Who I would consider, like, a top-level distance guy who's not playing is, like, uh, Simon. Simon. And he wouldn't even be able to play. Regardless of whether or not he was like seated to play or not, so I just think it's kind of silly that like they don't like they haven't confirmed like there's no confirmed events yet. Like they said, there might be some stuff Saturday evening, mm-hmm. but like there's nothing on the lines. Like why are we like trying to keep people like included? Like, they were saying, like, the reason they didn't do a match play format was because they wanted everybody to play the whole weekend. And, like, there's a, they're not playing for anything. Yeah. Like, what's the point? Do we know yeah. if 
Simon was going to play even if he was injured or not? No, he wasn't top eight seeded. Oh, okay. I don't think. Well, that's probably because he is injured. Yeah, but... that makes sense. Um, yeah, I feel like Simon, like, um, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know if, like, it was just, like, a total fluke that, like, last year, he was, like, he was still performing well, but, like, with that shoulder, I don't know if that was bad or not. Yeah, I feel like if Simon wasn't injured this year, he would definitely would have had a better season. Um, like, because he was limited to only backhands, and he, he, like, don't get me wrong, he has a good forehand, but, like, with that injury, it's just making it worse and worse. Yeah, I was, like, trying to say, like, that would, like, maybe, like, get him out of his flow, and, like, because he was, like, a great player, and he still was this season, but, like, maybe that, like, I don't know. Hopefully, he still plays well after the injury, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. Like, um, I think like I think his elbow injury did hinder his distance because I'm thinking of hole fifteenth preserve coming down the stretch that big long par four. Like, it's long, but like we've seen Simon like park like eight hundred. Like, we, like I think of the one hole where he. Like, it's when you go down in the valley and then back up on the mountain, it's a par four. But he got there and won, but then missed his putt for eagle. Oh, yeah. But, like, no, I just, like, like, that shot played way further than his than the shot he threw at the preserve, and he came up, like, 100 short of the preserve. Like, and I'm not expecting him to park it, but, like, he came up, like, a little over 100 short, and that's just one of those things where it's, like, like – I mean, that's that was only, like, 600 feet. And, like, I get that 600 feet is crazy far to be throwing, but when you're Simon Lazat, like, 600 feet is not, like, super far. Yeah. And, like... Especially when, uh, the especially comic- when, the, when that, that fairway shapes for pretty much any shot you want to throw. Mm-hmm. And, like, in the commentary, I spe- like, after, I think they said, like, something about, like, he didn't even like it. Or no, he he said it was almost good. Oh yeah, it, almost it wasn't good, good enough to like. Yeah, he was forced to lay up. I think. Yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't run the eagle putt. Yeah. So, I hope he comes back strong. Can still rip next year, but. Yeah, he said. Oh, it's like somewhere. April, maybe May, if everything goes as to plan. But, I think he said, I think he yeah. said, like, six to eight weeks, if everything goes to plan or something like yeah. that. I'm excited to see him play again. And hopefully he can make some YouTube videos while he's not on tour. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, back to the All-Star event. Um, I just don't think that, like, what they're doing seems to be very fun at all. Or really anybody involved. Like the fans, it's not that great. Like, of course we'll watch it because it's disc golf and we haven't seen disc golf in like four months. But like, mm-hmm. nobody really wants to watch um, like this weird doubles into singles thing. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like it. Like, that they're, like, changing up, like, these formats of, like, tournaments, you know? Or, like, this isn't even a tournament, I don't think, right? Not, like, a sanction or anything? No, it's not. No. Okay. Yeah. But, like, I like to see that they're, like, changing it up because I saw, like, that fourth major thingy where they did, like, two rounds of match, or, like, like, two rounds at the start and then, like, the last are, like, match play. Or, like... Like how they've been doing the Pro Tour Championships, I kind of like how they change it up, and I don't know it makes some more like different players get up there at like the top cards because it's like a more different style of play. Yeah. I, I, do Do we know if they're allowing spectators? Um, I bet. Like there, like, I don't know. Well, I mean, it is a public park, but yeah. 
when, especially at Fountain Hills, where like, I mean, I feel like you can't even go there to play disc golf, like, unless you're playing in the Memorial. Like that yeah, part like is the only so time you actually get to play is during the. Tournament. I saw Paul McBeth and Hannah McBeth's uh, like vlog earlier today, and it was like they went out to Fountain Hills trying to play a practice round, and it's just like people just walking through the fairways, and it's just like yeah. Yeah, and so then like, they went to Vista. Yeah, I was, like, was saying, then they but... went to Vista and played with Brody, but, like, that kind of defeats the purpose considering the event starts Friday or Saturday. Uh-huh. That's another thing. Like, why are we doing a two-day event? Like, what? It is? Yeah, it's Saturday and then Sunday. Okay. I like a three-day event. Sometimes even four. I just, like... Like, I know the Majestic is a... Two round event because it's, it's twenty seven yeah, holes. Yeah, it's twenty seven holes. So it's the but same I amount of disc golf. Yeah, but I still think there should be three rounds at that tournament because because it's still three rounds. Because I feel like three rounds is a good amount of time to like get a lead and then like like for someone to like chase down someone, but two rounds is just like you have your leader and then if he holds on to it, and then, like, the third round, he could get someone to, like, come up on them, and then they could take the win, or it's just more time. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I just think, like, it's dumb that people have been wanting a match play event for a while and an all-star skills competition type thing, and we don't <laughs> really get either. Like, yeah, because... Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm excited for this event, but, like, at the same time, I want to watch something, you know, new than just the normal tour and, like, watch some fun stuff and some entertaining uh, different matches. Yeah, and, and I, like I don't think this is, like, the best product they have to offer, especially considering it's exclusively on Disc Golf Network, which is $5 a month if you have a PDGA membership, and it's 10 if you don't. And... Like, nobody really, I don't think anybody pays for DGN in, like, November, December, January. Like, nobody pays for it in the off season. So, like, like if this is what you're trying to come back with, like, I don't think there's that many people that are going to pay for it, like, to see it. Cause it yeah, just so if they look at the format, then they're like, yeah, if they look at the format, then they're probably like, oh, this is probably not going to be that entertaining, and they won't get as many views as they normally would, but. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think they could do a lot better, but still, it'll be fun to see kind of the change of change of pace. Yeah. Okay, who do who do we think is going to win each division? Um, I gotta go MPO. I'm gonna say. Let's see. So the course is Fountain Hills. It's like a longer layout. So I would say Eagle McMahon for MPL. I don't wait. He's paired up uh, with uh, Chris. Chris, Dick- Chris Dickerson. I'm just saying. Who do we think's gonna win doubles pairings? Oh yeah, I think Chris and Eagle for sure. Um, I just feel like they're a really solid team. They got a lot of. Um, uh, I know that Eagle plays that course really well and. Uh, haven't seen Chris play that course much, but I'm sure he's really good at it. But yeah, I think they'll win, and like them is they're I think they're the, probably the best doubles team. So I think coming out of that, um, I think Eagle McMahon will take the win for MPO. I think I- I'm gonna go with for for doubles. I'm gonna say Calvin Heimberg and Kevin Jones. I feel like those two are the strongest pair in the MPO. Um, but that's just that's my opinion. I think that um, Paul, Calvin, and Eagle always play this course really well. So, and I mean, okay, I mean these are the top players in the world. Like, <laughs> there's no bad picks here for MPO. Like. I think Eagle and Chris probably have the best overall team because they both have a really good backhand and forehand, and they're two of the best putters right now. 
at least I guess ending last season. But yeah, I mean, Calvin won Player of the Year and Kevin won the Pro Tour. But I mean, it's all Fountain Hills is pretty open. So Paul and Garrett, who both cru- I don't know it, it's going to be good. But I'm pulling for Calvin and Kevin, but I think it's going to be Chris and Eagle. And then to win it all, yeah. I mean, it, it kind of depends. Like, it's pretty hard to say because of this format. Like, three me playing. Like, I don't know what a competitive double score is going to be. Like, a competitive score there would be like ten under par at like each round at normal Fountain Hills. Mm-hmm. But playing one loop of best doubles. shot, one loop of worst shot. Doubles, I think like when I shot around ten. Like down. I would think ten down, but I. Still. But honestly, I don't know. Like. If they're playing worst shot where both people have to make the putt, I don't think 10 down. Like, I think 10 down would win. Yeah. Like, easily. Uh, yeah, if – I was going to say if they're playing worst shot where they have to make both putts, I think Paul and Garrett will come in last because I know Garrett isn't the most confident putter. And Paul has but... outright said my putting is trash. I think – Yeah, but he's – it's still Almost the yeah. Best. He's still pulling back. Like the yeah. fact that he says putting's the weakest they'll... part of his game, and he's still a top three putter, like says something. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. Eagle and Chris are like. I think that is by far the best putter pairing. Yeah, like yeah, evening it out. So if they have like, I feel like Garrett kind of drags Paul down. I, mean, I think e- well, I think Eagle is the best putter um, on tour. Like as yeah, a, he's up there for like sure. back half of last season, mm-hmm. um, and then Chris is just the robot chicken. So you know, you yep. know, he ain't missing a putt. Mm-hmm. So I, I get, I gotta say, it's gonna be. I, I would think Eagle would would probably win, like win it all. I think if they play where they both have to make the putt, Eagle, like Eagle and Chris are gonna win doubles, and then it's gonna be pretty competitive between them. I think Eagle has a good chance of winning, but I mean, you never really know. I mean, the the last the 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 last person on this world I want chasing me is Paul McBath, and the second last is Ricky Wysocki. So yeah, yeah, Paul McBath is just Paul McBath chasing. I don't I don't know what it is when he's chasing. It's, it's just I don't know. It's just like just the clutch gene. Yeah, it's like he has something. Like, I feel like we uh, people, we can't we I can't sleep on Nico and Ricky though either. Like yeah, I mean yeah, we haven't even talked about. Them, I mean, they're probably the least. They, think, they're probably the least interesting pairing because neither I would wouldn't say either of them are top level distance guys, but mm-hmm. they're both. I mean, like I mean, Ricky's number one rated in the world, and Nico won the preserve. Which is a crusher course, so mm-hmm. say what you want, but yeah, and I think, well, is it memorial? I think it's memorial, but um, I think I heard some people say like that even though memorial isn't like a big course, like the bigger arms have an advantage because they can go like higher in the air and just like have their disc go slow on like that fast greens, like in Arizona, yeah. I feel like the bigger arms have an advantage, even though it's not a bomber course. That's true, but I'd say bigger arms have an advantage pretty much anyway, like at any course. Yeah. Like, if some guys are throwing fairways and some guys can throw mids, like, I'd say the guys who can throw mids are, like, have a better chance. Yeah. Because even if you power up on a mid, it's still more controllable than a driver. Okay, so I guess we're. I, I guess would... we've come to the consensus that it's going to be Eagle and Chris. Sounds like with with uh, yes. Eagle probably winning. Yeah. And Miggy, who do you yeah. think is just going to straight up win? I'd say it's I. It's going to be close between like Eagle and um, as much as I don't want to say it because it'd probably be kind of boring. Probably Paul. I feel like Eagle and Paul are going to have a good uh, battle for the, in the singles. But, yeah. I mean, any of these guys could win. We never know. You know, one day, one guy could have a good day. One, I think, like, he could have a bad people day. People say so. Garrett's not a very good putter. Like, like, and he's admitted that that's the weakest part of his game. 
But like I think back to Vegas this like this past season, twenty twenty Vegas, like Garrett was lead card. Like he like what like he said like when he's potting like he's scary. Because if you can throw yeah, far I and mean... putt well, like that's that's a scary combination. So really, yeah. I mean, it's really between any of these guys. I mean, they're all just so good. Okay, now what do we think for FPO? Um, I'm gonna pull up the it's okay. So it's thing on my it's, phone because Paige Pierce and Heather Young, Kona Panis and Katrina Allen, uh, Jessica Wesse. I think that's how you pronounce it. Weiss. Jessica Weiss. Jessica and Sarah Holcomb, and then Haley King and Missy Gannon. Um, I think personally, I think uh, Haley King and Missy Gannon could. I I feel like they could have a good doubles. I I would say like Haley and Missy probably the best doubles combination. But I mean, it's Paige Pierce. Like, like, yeah, like if, if Heather Young can, like, like, carry her weight, like, I, it, it'll be them, like, no question. Yeah, I think Paige Pierce and Heather Young are going to win doubles because I know Heather Young, I know she, she's pretty good. Um, I think she would probably be, I've seen her, uh, on some coverage a couple times, and I personally think that she's better than... Kona, Katrina, Jessica Weiss, and Sarah Holcomb. Um, I, I mean, I think she, she's pretty good at putting. And, yeah, I just think if she does um, fine, Paige Pierce will probably, like, pretty much always take the win. Yeah. And I, w- I would not be surprised if Kona and Katrina finish dead last. Because neither of them are exceptional putters. Katrina especially has been kind of shaky the past year or two. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because she used to kind of be known for being a fantastic putter. Because, mm-hmm. like, if we're talking off the tee, I think, like, our, the three best people are Kona, Paige, and Haley. Like, not in that order, but, like, like, mm-hmm. I, just, like, just, yeah, just yeah top like three. those are the top three, I'd say, um, off the tee. So, but then if you have like Kona and Katrina who both kind of struggle putting, um, like I, I don't think they'll have a chance, especially against Paige and Heather or Haley and Missy, who are both really good putters. Yeah, I think Haley and Missy could, uh, they could be, um, come out close. In doubles with Paige and Heather, because I know um, Haley's a really great uh, player, and she can she could pretty much she puts really well, she gets off the tee well, and she um, she does everything pretty much um, just um, good. And I know Missy Gannon's. Um, I don't know too much about her game, but. She seems like I've looked at some like tournament leaderboards and she's usually up there in like top five. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe they could come out on top. Yeah, I think um, Haley and Missy are I feel like they're going to be good doubles. But at the same time, Paige Pierce, I feel like it's just going to. I mean, if like I I think like. It's kind of hard to say for doubles, but like <clears throat> Paige chasing, like she's gonna win. <laughs> like, <laughs> if Paige is any less than five strokes behind, like she's winning. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, like for solos, it's gonna be close between Paige and Haley. I feel like it's just gonna be like um, uh, disc golf pro tour championship, like all over again. It's just gonna be those two. Yeah. Um, yeah, but if you think about that, like, Katrina, she was doing the best until 17, and until that, like, uh, putting 
that hole, like, I think she made some mistakes on those putts, and it's a pretty scary green, but, so, but her, t- Katrina's tee shots are uh, pretty good. They're probably top three in the FPL. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be I'm certainly interested. I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd, if I can say I'm excited. I'm probably more excited to go watch Vegas than I am. Um, Miggy, what's, what's your picks? I don't know if you answered yet. For doubles or solos? Both. Uh, both. Both? Um, so doubles, I feel Paige Pierce and Heather Young might um, pull ahead on that one. And then for solos, I got to go with Paige Pierce for that one. Yep. Uh, I feel like she'll, she would just dominate. But who knows? Maybe Haley King can come up and maybe get her. But you never know. Yep. All right. Now I kind of want to move into a different topic. I want to talk about, like, what do we think is the best way for somebody who doesn't play disc golf to get into disc golf and learn disc golf? Like, um... Like, like like I was listening to, I, like I was listening to flight dot like if you were to give yourself like if you were to like start all over again and like to yeah. coach someone like what would you tell them to do or like yeah like well, like what dish should they start out with like what should they be throwing okay um and personally I think like the best way to learn is kind of the way um Paul Uliberry Paul Macbeth James Conrad like those guys came up and I think it's like you start with like Valkyries, rocks, and AVRs. Yeah, I feel like the best way to learn is like <laughs> not the way like we did. No, like, I, it's so they make there's know? so much overstable stuff that's made now that it's like when you go to look for beginner stuff, like the only thing that's available is like destroyers and stuff, and like the last thing beginners yeah, need is and destroyers. It's what they want. Like. Yeah, it's what they want, because that's what yeah. the pros throw. But, like, Simon said, like, Simon Azad said, it was, like, in one of his videos, but, like, the first two discs I had for, like, the first five years of me playing were, like, a rock and, like, an AVR, so, like, a, another putter. And, like, he just said, like, if I didn't have that, like, I, he said, I'm glad I started with just those, and it's just... It's just uh, bad for beginners to choose the wrong discs. It can, I say, it could really, uh, like, not saying like it could like make them bad, but like it could kind of mess up like how you throw, like your form, like, yeah. Yeah, like personally, if I were to start over and start from the beginning, um, I'd probably obviously get something lightweight and then once my form gets better and I start improving and getting my arm speed higher, then I'd obviously move into more stable and heavier stuff. Um, like personally, I started with an Innova starter pack and that's what got it all started. And those were like perfect weight, perfect stability. And I was doing well on the course, but then once I started getting into my more mechanics and power and stuff like that, then I moved up to, obviously more stable, uh, heavier stuff. And it's, it's just been working like that. So lighter stuff, um, not as over or not too overstable, like stable to understable stuff would work perfectly for, um, uh, beginners. Yeah. I would say if you're a beginner and you don't like, and you like, I don't know, your discs aren't like flying, right? Uh, I would for sure to say get any brand's starter kit. Um, they're just uh, good weight, good stability. And if you get those, uh, you'll start to understand how a, a disc flies because they're a little lighter. And, like, they're not as stable. So that'll, uh, I don't know, just, like, help you. It'll just make you... It's just a better way to start out. 
I would honestly disagree with saying that starter packs are the best way to go because I think that, like, Innova especially, like, there's a lot of useless stuff in those starter packs. Like, I'm not saying that, like, beginners shouldn't be throwing them, but, like, I don't think sharks are the way people should learn how to play disc golf. Yeah, I think it should be, like, Valkyries, T-Birds, um, Rocks, and AVRs to start. And then if you – like, once you kind of learn how to throw your Valkyrie, like, then you can move into something a little more – like, it's way more overstable, something like a Beast. Especially, like, if you go, get a premium plastic Beast, like, those are way more overstable than a Valkyrie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about that. Um, like, I know my cousin – he had a starter pack leopard. Like he didn't have the, he doesn't have the best mechanics, but uh he had that one and then he and then we got him a flippy Valkyrie and it was just kinda stable. But yeah, once you get your mechanics um better and like you those are noticeably noticeably a lot more flying a lot more. I think that's the big the, I'm... then I would might go I'm with saying the Valkyrie, like, like it's all yeah, about your I was gonna say, like, it's, it, I think when I say like people should learn by throwing Valkyries, T-Birds, um, Leopards, Rocks, AVRs, that kind of thing, like like you need to be focused on mechanics. Like if you're just talking about casual player, it, you could pick up any disc, it doesn't matter. Like if you're not focused on trying to learn how to actually throw well, then it doesn't matter. Like what like I think once you get your like once you kind of have the general throwing motion down like like Valkyries, T-Birds, Leopards, Rock, AVRs, Buzzes are kind of like the way to go. And then like and personally but, uh, personally I think so a lot of people say that Buzzes are a good like beginner disc but um, personally, if you have a slower arm speed, then I'd go with a, a Buzz SS because that's just yeah. a bit more understable. Um, but if you wanted to go Buzz, then you'd obviously I'd I prefer you to go with like a beginner weight should, Buzz. Beginners should be getting lightweight because I remember. Anyway. Yeah, it's a lot easier. Like, like um, some of my first drivers, like I know my first driver, like I was at a play against sports and I got a one, like, on accident, like, I got a 150 when I didn't know, like, anything about weights, and I'm, like, glad I got a 150 destroyer instead of a 175, and then I discovered Blizzard plastic, because I have, I have a lot less power than most people, and they're a lot lighter, a lot easier to throw, and they have a lot more glide being lighter discs, and I just, uh, think they go further. If you have a lower arm speed. Yeah, I per and like course wise, I'd start at like um a very smaller course. Or if you were to go to like a big course, then like um I wouldn't personally like start out like at the normal T pads, especially like if most of the holes are like above three hundred, then I'd um I would still play from the short tee, but, like, mostly work on um, accuracy before power. And I, I don't think beginners should be worried about score either. Like, obviously, yes. like, yep. like, yeah, yeah, it's better. Like, it's more or better. But if you're not scoring well. You yeah, get frustrated, but that's, and, and I'm like. Because that could affect like, the whole round. And stuff. Score is just kind of. I don't want to say pointless. It just like distracts you from from like what's actually important. I guess like because obviously yeah, beginners I... aren't going to shoot well. <laughs> like it's just like, like people go out and play disc golf because they think it's easier than golf, and then they realize it's although it probably is easier than golf, it's still really hard. And then. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, this isn't fun. Yeah, when you're a beginner, because like I remember the the like like yeah, the first I time I, I ever played. Like my dad bought 
like each of us a set of discs, like a driver, a mid-range, and a putter. And he bought a Buzz OS on accident instead of a Buzz. And of course, none of us knew the difference. We just like, we watched the Discraft, like how to get started tutorial. And they said like Avenger SS. Um, uh, buzz and like focus was like or chat like really any putter in their line but like was the way to go and then we went to bryant lake yeah we went to bryant lake and just got hosed like had no fun we left after we left after like seven holes just because that's such a hard course <laughs> for a beginner it's a hard and course like... kind of in general oh it's a lot of it's fun. a fun it's a course of... i mean it has really good, like, it looks really nice, and, yeah. But, like, something I like to do, and what I, like, like sometimes teach people to do, like, when I was, like, younger, and I got, like, like more frustrated at stuff, like, my dad used to tell me to, like, play some hoses, like, all hoses par four, and, like, not par three, so you get a more, um, a better score, and, like, and now thinking back on it, I was like, if I didn't do that, that could have like made me like, I don't know, like drop the game or like something. Because like, if you like feel like, like if you were to like say it's a par 54 and then you shoot like plus three and then it's like, there's like 18 more things you would shoot like negative 15 and you would feel really good about it and then you would want to play more because you're more confident yeah like when i first started i was playing around with some friends and instead of like um making putts we would tell ourselves or we would say like let's just do chains so if we hit chains then we would it would count so then we'd obviously get better scores and we'd be a lot happier and that's what kept the game alive for me Mm-hmm. was just starting out like being very easy and being um like not fun. so hard on my yeah making it fun so like making it very enjoyable to play and like also like allowing like multiple drives and just taking whatever one I want because um that is what um made me to play better and it was very fun uh, just throwing multiple discs off the tee pad and choosing which one I wanted and getting better scores, which would make me happier at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I would, what do you think? I would agree. What were you going to say? Nothing. I was just seeing yeah. if you were there. Yeah. So. No, I think that like, definitely like, like make the game easier and know that you're making it easier for yourself, but you like, it'll also make you more confident. Um, but I know that we have listeners that don't necessarily play disc golf. So if you ever are wanting to get into disc golf, I'd say start with something flippy, which, which I guess nobody really knows what that means, but start with starter pack, like go Go to a place that you know sells them and ask for like lightweight beginner discs. If you're going, di- if you're if you're going if you're going yeah, to a place that sells a lot like... of disc craft, like they'll probably end up being an Avenger SS. Um, I, maybe not even that heat, fast. Maybe like a heat, sting, a sting, a sting. That's like a seven speed. A buzz. Yeah. Really, any putter they have, they don't make anything super overstable. Just don't get a zone. Yeah. Um, Innova, mm-hmm. Valkyries, Beast. Yeah, yeah just, ask, just ask them, them for the for Innova a, starter pack. Just yeah. ask them for or, a starter set. Or it, or if just they don't, them, yeah. Recommend like, me three discs. Yep. And then if really if you're starting, you shouldn't be throwing anything other than Innova or Discraft. The only other one I could think of would be the Prodigy starter set. That's a good one too. Well, well, like, like, like I wouldn't say like. Don't like throw not in a bun like discraft, but like just make sure you have the right discs. Like I'm, so, I, I think I I know I, Prodigy I think, makes I some understanding stuff. I think in a like, discraft and Prodigy brands. make like the like it's it's the easiest to get started with those three brands. 
like Dismania is known for making overstable stuff, mm-hmm. and I don't really know enough about any of the trilogy brands or MVP. Yeah, I would say all. Of yeah, them anything's fine. Just make fine, sure that but... like you're getting the right discs. Mm-hmm. Okay, now moving to our next segment, I want to talk about our predictions for who's going to have like a breakout year or a good year. So I don't want to hear, like, I'm not saying like, mm. oh, Paul McBeth, Eagle McMahon, Calvin Heinberg. Like, who are some more like under, I don't want to say underground, but some of the like 10, 20, 10, 30, 10, 40 guys who we think are going to have big years. Yeah, I have a couple. Um, first <laughs> off, I bet all of us have on our list is mm-hmm. probably Ezra. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, last year was really big for him. He got a big sponsorship, uh, like two years with Discraft, and uh, um, yeah, I think he'll have a, uh, a better year, and he can just shoot. I hope he can um, just play really well and get maybe even get a win. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Ezra Adderhold is probably one of my like, top three. Yeah, I'd say just yeah, Ezra Adderhold definitely has potential. I don't know if this year will be a big year. I think next like next year or the year after, I think is a little more promising as long as he sticks with touring and trying to get better. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely think Ezra is going to have a a big year, if not this year, then next year I feel like he's going to have a good year. Um also one random guy that I'm thinking of is uh, Emerson Keith. I don't know why, but I feel like he's going to have a very good breakout this year and um cuz think about it at Worlds, what was it? 2019 Worlds. He, uh, that was probably his best tournament. Yeah, he he had a great tournament. He was and I winning. Feel like, yeah, he, he was, was winning like the for most three of round it. leader, maybe. Yeah, something something like that. And I know yeah. he was him and uh, Paul were battling in the last round. I'm pretty sure, wasn't it? Or no, it was him and Ricky. But at the start, at the start, of, the start of the last round, he just, yeah, Paul, at the start of the round, Paul and Emerson. It was him and, and Emerson. Then... Emerson just had a stretch of bad luck and didn't – I don't want to say he fell apart. There was a lot of just unlucky things that happened. It was yeah, but he also wasn't nerves, throwing super great shots. Um, yeah. But yeah, Emerson – Emerson – Yeah. I don't I know if like he's, he's on my have... list, but he's definitely a good player who could na- snab, snag – a win if he like if if that happens. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Personally for me, I think Emerson's had his well he's in his uh good years already. But like um yeah I still think he could have some it could be his best year uh for sure. Like but like he's been like top ten, top twenty pretty much every pro tour tournament which isn't the best but yeah he's a pretty solid player Aiden? He's um, yeah yeah he's a solid player i i don't i'm not gonna discount him at all i just i don't i i don't think i would put put him on my list yeah and who do you think is going to have the um, best breakout? I think period? my top two guys are Adam Hammes and Kyle Klein. And Adam Hammes, I just think, is a player that like people don't talk oh, about. Yeah. Like he's ten forty rated. He mashes. He mashes sidearms. Yeah, I know. He, I, I think he's like one of the like one of the best putters. Like, and he, he I know that he thinks that he, like he tells himself he's the best putter. So when you tell yourself you're the best putter, like you, you make putts. Like, and I don't. I think a lot of people could agree that the, the strongest parts of his game are his forehand and his putting. And there's a lot of courses, like yep, I agree. Especially, um, I'd say like USDGC. Like if you don't have a, like it, 
like a forehand is very important to have at USDGC. I said, like, it, like if you're exclusively backhand, you can make it work because you've been throwing exclusively backhand. But if you throw both, yeah, but that's like because he throws exclusively backhand. So I think he has a better backhand than most. I think he and has a better back. Yeah, I think he has a better backhand than most players because he throws exclusively backhand. Like he. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why he's on tour because even though he doesn't have a sidearm, he makes up with turnovers, and even if the line doesn't fit, he's just a really great player to make up those strokes yeah. and be a really um, great player. Like I think Kyle Klein is prime to have a good year. Um. Yeah, because MVP, he was. At Maple Hill. He did really good that year, right? uh, Yeah, he was on lead card round two and round three. And, like... Yeah. And it was... What other tournament was it? Wasn't he, like, doing good in another Yeah, he played well at the Pro Pro Tour Tour? final. No. He he played well at pretty much... I mean, he played well, like, kind of the entire back half of the season. Or at least, like, that closing few tournaments. Maple... Yeah. Yeah. And he just Eagle, like he was good. He, I mean, he. I think he reminds everybody of a younger Eagle McMahon. Like he just mashes drives. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I would not like to be the disc. And like, <laughs> like he. I had like have you have we seen him with an essence? Like it's not even fair. The things he does with an essence. Like, it's so like funny. I think like. In my opinion, the Heiser flip, like being able to throw a control Heiser flip is the hardest thing to do in disc golf. It's the hardest type of shot to execute consistently. And I think I think if you yeah, can consistently sure, for me. throw a controlled flip up, that like you are a fantastic player. And he's a pretty good putter. He has a good forehand. And he's he's eighteen. Like so even if he doesn't have a breakout year this year, next year, like he's eighteen and he's like ten twenties. He's eighteen or the and he's next like ten twenty rated. Next year. Like he's better now than Eagle was at eighteen. Yeah. Oh, a lot better, I think. And another thing I want to say about Adam Hammes is like, um, if you're like ten forty rated and you're in in putting is the best part of your game. That's like, you're that. That's like dangerous of like how yeah, good that could be. Yeah, I also feel like Adam Hammes and Kyle Klein have are like very young, and they will have many years to get better and um, improve. I think I think I think Anthony Burrell. I think and Anthony like Burrell can be thrown in that conversation too. He is. Yeah. Yeah, Anthony Burrell is kind of hit or miss, because if he's not shooting a 1080 round, I feel like he's shooting, like, a 980. That's true. He's, he's... Because, yeah, like, I, I've seen I think him have some pretty bad I rounds. think he needs to work on, like, kind he's of a really great player. touchy shot. Like, like, he crushes. I don't think he's a great putter, and I don't think he plays very well in the woods. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he can have some... Like I know he did good at preserve. Kind of, he did good at all the crusher um, courses. <laughs> uh, Memorial. Yeah. Yeah. Go Hill. Um. I think. And then one player. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Where he could like be like really high. And then one the player, I also think finishing. like like M- Miggy, you're you're kind of like your your questionable pick was Emerson Keith. I think mine would be Paul Uliberry. Like I think, yeah. Um, Paul. Like yeah, mm-hmm. like Paul's really good. Like he's ten thirty something rated. He f- came in seventh at USDGC. He played well in the Pro Tour Finals. Like he's a really good player. And like being the veteran that he is, and like knowing, like having that knowledge and experience, I think takes you a long way. Um, and I just think he like. He's like sooner or later gonna 
kind of take down a pro tour or a USDGC or pro tour finale, like he's going to take down a big event. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's in the conversation at worlds. Um, we're, or the European open really, but I think like he has a really good chance at winning USDGC. Cause I think like if to, to win, yeah, to win USDGC, you need really controlled. I shouldn't say you need, but like a lot of players that have won USDGC have a good sidearm. Um, they're good putters and they have nerves of steel. Like, like I think USDGC like definitely tests tests you the tests your um emotions the most. Like, I mean, we've watched Paul McBeth take a nine. Like you watch guys take like sevens are like you don't even blink when you see a seven at USDGC. Like it's just it it it's there's so it's much so OB. So much and of- then I think like hole 17 at USDGC, I think is the greatest disc golf hole of all time. Not because it's a hard hole, but after having played the first 16 holes at USDGC, 17, someone empties their bag. Someone, someone takes seven shots to make the island yeah. every year. Seven. And isn't it for? It was women's yeah. national championships. They went to a drop yeah. zone and after like one, or they could retee if they want. But yeah, I think that especially was a when especially when nice the basket's in the long the, position, close to the water. I think like that is like like you 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 yeah. don't have a disc golf hole disc golf hole that is better than that. Like in that in the scenario that it's always in, like that 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 hole is always the make or break hole. It's never hole eighteen. Yeah, it's like, just look at what happened to Calvin on seventeen. Misses the misses the island on his first shot. So when he oh, throws yeah. three, starting like or he throws three on his he's throwing three from the tee, makes the island lands like circles edge, and then this throws a putt. It just looks money. Like you're like that's going in. It misses just low, hits cage and rolls into the water. Tournament over. Not went in. Yeah, if one of those shots were in the basket or in bounds, that he went from taking one that tournament. Probably. Like if he would have made that putt, it would have been a four, and then I think he made it. Like he tapped out for a six. Um, no, yep. I think I, cause or, or seven. He, he was throwing his fourth stroke was his putt that went in the water. Now he. Takes three meters inbounds and drops, and he's throwing six. I think he took a six on that hole. I don't think he missed that short putt. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he didn't. I have a question about that hole. So let's say they put it. Let's say it wasn't hole seventeen, right? But they put that same hole, but on a different number. So let's say it was it, hole it five. No, it wouldn't be as good. Do you think? I feel like. That would make whole course. It wouldn't like, be as hard. Like if, yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be yeah, such. If, it's perfectly placed and, in the number, like in the number of holes. Cause like it's not the last hole, but it's just like. I think that's what. No, I don't know. I don't think it, it would be is, a really great. I think that, like, like, I think when people are putting together the Dream 18, like, okay, like that's not in your Dream 18. Like it's probably not even in your Dream, like 36 or 50. It would probably be in my like dream eighteen and my nightmare eighteen. I think it's in everybody's nightmare eighteen because it's like holes are situational. Like, like I think if you put like Maple Hill hole one as Maple Hill hole eighteen, <laughs> that becomes a lot harder and a lot less fun because mm-hmm. you're already fatigued and then you have to just op- yep. like Maple Hill is a long course and then you have to like. Rip one on hole eighteen is not ideal. You do, and but you it's, do. it's like it's it's a way more controlled turnover shot rip, than just fully but... unloading. And 
you can get you can you can almost you can throw a three fifty and then throw a forehand up into the green and not I'm not saying it's an easy three. It's, 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 you still got to work, but you don't need to unload a 500 foot shot. It helps for sure. This it helps, but almost always helps. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'd say um, if it wasn't on hole seven, or if it wasn't on the 17th hole, then I feel like. Um, it wouldn't be as exciting because you know if someone's having a good round and you're watching the uh, the tournament and now they come up to hole 17, then all things could change. And if they yeah. do really bad on hole 17, they only have one hole to make that up. And if you, like, let's say you get a double bogey on that hole, on hole 17, it's very hard it's, for you to come back impossible. on hole 18. Hole 18 is already, like... Back. Like that course, like if like it's yeah. so hard to make up strokes. Like because, because you, you. Yeah, you're like your only hope for like making up yeah. strokes is them. Like it, it's like chasing strokes. somebody at USDGC like, is almost impossible. Like Cal, like Calvin probably had the best chase I've ever seen. What he did was because amazing. like. In that situation, like it's pouring rain, it's just terrible weather at um, the hardest course, arguably in the world. Um, just terrible weather, and then having to chase somebody on the final day, and then going better through ten than anybody else did. But like it's just, it's just unheard of. Yep. Um. So okay, let's let's make. Who do we think is going to win USDGC? Let's make this fast. Like like this coming um, fall. Next year. I've... I'm not even going to answer that. It's so. I feel like I need to watch the first. Two, maybe two or three tournaments to figure that out. Because I feel like anyone can have a good start. Um, I feel like anyone could just win USCGC. Like yeah. anyone in like I, I, I the top ten you, like control game. Ha- I, th- I think it's hard for somebody who's not a veteran to win USDGC. Like it would kind of it would blow my mind if somebody mm-hmm. like Eagle won. Like if you think. Well, Eagle almost won, and he was like eight, eighteen, I think. But that, like, he just had like a really bad hole. That's that's what I'm Part, saying. He just like but, threw like five discs in a parking like, lot. You don't, you, you rarely yeah. ever see veterans do that. Like, like when it when when it when it comes yeah, down right. to it, like yeah. the guys that's the who can like, it's okay. I threw out of bounds. I'm gonna make it this time. Like whereas I think Eagle throws out of bounds once and he's like, he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, uh oh, like like he he's he's, he's like, like he's like, okay, he's like now I need to put this really put close really, so I don't really have a tester really putt. Um, like I just added basically two strokes. Like this is really bad, and then again throws out of bounds, and then you just fall down this rabbit hole of like again. Um, uh oh. <laughs> Yeah. You're just like, should I do it again? <laughs> it's just like sometimes if I like if I'm like right about to three putt or like like if I'm in a tournament and I have a death putt, I'm so laying it up. Like like my nightmare is to like like four putt. And even in a regular round, I just hate it. I just hate how it feels. Yeah, and, putting is hard. Yeah. But if I had, if I had to make a pick, yeah, I, I would. At, I, I at least want to see Paul Uliberry win the twenty twenty one United States Disc Golf Championship. Because like Nate and Germ have won, and people like discredit Germ's win. Like, oh, like it was only three rounds. Like, bro, <laughs> he won. <laughs> Get over it. Like, like. 
Like yeah. I get that the and, leader like, usually people... changes between the third <laughs> round and the fourth round. But yeah, I'm like you. You were still like, leading USDGC. Like, give credit where credit's want... due. Like, like that's hard. That's he did hard it. To do. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of funny though because on the last day, what do you know? Bad weather. <laughs> Enough bad weather to cancel. <laughs> but I want to see Yuli win. I, like, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> It was a hurricane. There's always bad. There's always bad weather on the last day. <laughs> day four of the USDGC is almost probably the best tournament day, to, <laughs> like, of the whole year to watch. <laughs> that or like the world's final <laughs> round. Like, it's just, it's always interesting. <laughs> yep. Always entertaining. Always something happening. All right, I think that about wraps it up for episode two of the Triple Mando podcast. We will see you next time. Be sure to follow us on all of our socials. I'll drop in the description. Thanks for joining us. Have a good one.